Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Yes, you're not imagining things. Happy bonfire night. I said that early because we are, well, back in the studio, as you can see if you're watching the live stream. If you're joining us, thank you very much. Secondly, as mentioned, it is bonfire night, so... We are in a breeze block building with a metal door, boys. So there will be some fireworks going off. Can't odds that. It adds to the flavour of this reunion. I don't know if people know the reason why we're doing it, Murph. Do people know that you are relocating? Yeah, people. Okay, so Murph's relocating next week. Don't know when we're going to be able to get do this again. This is the closest the three of us will be geographically, I suppose. So we thought we'd get one in, last one in. And uh, we don't really have a game plan lads we are fourth quarter playbook has gone out the window we're going to be talking some half season review some history of five yard because it's been a hot minute now four or five years four years i think four years and have i missed anything off the list so we're talking about some coaching hot seat some of our favorite moments but some audience participation any questions you want to fire in or comments or whatever you know get involved and a uh, question yeah is that on me because you see can you see the comments no so you're gonna have to right, that's fine i've got it in front of me you're gonna have to pay attention and i guess if anyone is watching and wants to maybe even dial in they can get in touch with you or whatever you know we can just 
see how this goes. I mean, we won't be able to see them, but other people will. And, I'll be able to. Well, you'll be able to. You'll just have to converse what the body language is like to the rest of us. But how how does that happen if they get dialed in? What do I do? You just send them send the, the link. send the link to them. If you want to join us on this bonfire party, get involved, Rush Nation. That's all I'm saying. This will be going out as a podcast, the 500th episode. Some of this may be cut out. Yeah, some of it might be cut out. <laughs> there will be some additional material. So I think this is, I think we've put out somewhere like either 486 or 487 podcasts. We should hit 500 in about a week or so's time. So to some people uh, listening to this on the pod, some of this information is from, you know, eight to 10 days previous. But. But it's still very relevant. Yeah, it's but still previously, if you'd have done this last year or the year before, it would have been 13 weeks away, whereas now it is a week and a bit's content. Yeah. So that's how much we've grown as a podcast network. Yeah, it is. It's crazy to think that 500 is coming upon us so quickly of so many other milestones, um, mm-hmm. 350,000 download and listens. and Just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you think that when you started? No, like when we hit 100,000, it was monumental. I and mean, it was like... Well, yeah, I mean, we hit 200,000 on Spreaker today. Um, How long have we been with them? We've been with Spreaker, I think, two years. Two two years, in, it was two years in July, so... Because we hit 250,000 before the season. The Monday of the season. Oh, that was apt. But that was total um, streams and downloads. It was like just Spreaker podcast downloads. Has been two hundred thousand in twenty-seven months, which is kind of wild. <laughs> kind of wild, considering so, it started as this. Well, it didn't even start as this, did it? Let's let's be honest. It started. Where, I mean, you tell the story. We we let's go. We went. We went. Yeah, exactly. We got out. Well, there, everyone knows the story now, but well, not maybe not newer listeners. No, well, that's true. If you are joining us for the first time, if you're joining this for the first time, and this is the first time you've seen me and Murph, this is how it used to look. <laughs> <laughs> This, this is this is where we used to do it pre-pandemic. Yeah. We used to be here every Monday night. This is. I wonder when the last time we were in here was. It, I can tell you the last time we were in here. It was a February before the pandemic. Um, so February twenty twenty was the last time we did this. When the flu was oh. just in Asia. I, well, it was there, there were some cases here, but it wasn't anything to be overly <laughs> worried. It was about. just going <laughs> to blow away in the wind. Well, you know, you think we had SARS and swine flu, and we had all those other things. And people kind of, you know, we kind of all just thought it, this was going to be the same thing. Yeah. So um, I think it was like the last week of February. It might have been the first week of March. It was around that sort of time that w- we did this. Yeah, it's you were here as well. Yeah, yeah I thought it was fair. fair. Yeah, it's fair. yeah I, also, this is Lee. If you haven't seen a studio episode, <laughs> Lee was occasionally in shot. Most of the time he was out of shot working it. We're now on StreamYard, so we don't need... Lee to work the machine. He can be on the pod without exactly. worrying about running backwards and forwards to the camera because it's turning <laughs> off after 40 minutes and all of that jazz. So we're five minutes in. We've covered nothing football related. But we are back in the studio and it feels good. It's good to be it's, back. It's good. Like like you said, it's the last time we can do this in a while. It's the first time we've done it in a while and last time we can do it for a while. Um, <laughs> it's for one it's night. It's kind of one night in Lee. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll do it again. You know, I'll be down this way. Um, but obviously I move next week. So I thought it'd be really good just to get together. I haven't seen you boys. I mean, we went for dinner mm. about a month, just over a month ago. Yeah. Lee, I've not seen you for probably since the pandemic since, started. Since that last episode so yeah, did. so yeah. it's been a long time, even though we do chat a lot and and talk. It's just nice to be in the same room with you all and on the other side of, not quite fully the other side of COVID, but we I lot, don't know if that statement will ever be, I don't think we'll ever fully be 
it'd just be like the flu, won't it, eventually? And Well, yeah, I mean, if you're like Aaron Rodgers, you just have to take some oh, unapproved no. drugs and... Uh, <laughs> Take some other proof drugs and and uh, and just circumvent rules and well and you'll be fine. He feels fantastic, which is which is great. That's that's what we I mean, if if he, yeah. I think the money probably helps him feel fantastic, regardless of the situation. Then he can now. I mean, for those of you who are listening to this and haven't heard the Aaron Rodgers news, I suppose we should talk about it. Yeah, um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers went on his friend Pat McAfee's show. If you haven't a chance to listen to it, go go and listen to it. It's a forty-three minute diatribe um he calls it a diatribe so i don't feel bad using that language um i just to summarize he says that he was allergic to um something that was in two of the vaccines there were some concerns over the johnson johnson vaccine he chose to not get vaccinated however he went in a press conference and said that he was uh, immunized he said that because he wanted the narrative to go away. He didn't want to talk about it. Right. Um, and so he openly admits to circumventing some protocols, not all protocols uh, regarding COVID, uh, that the Packers were complicit in this, that he was, they were happy. Well, I don't want to say happy. That's putting words in mouth. That he, he, they allowed him to go into a room unvaccinated without masks to circumvent, not just NFL guidelines, but, legal guidelines that are put in place in in america in, in wisconsin for covid um into a room full of journalists regardless of whether they're vaccinated or not um and stand in front of them without a mask and he openly says that he took homeopathic therapies that he believed were right for his body and that's his decision um he says he would have clarified the point re uh, immunized had the follow-up question would have come but why would a follow-up question come to have you been vaccinated and you answer yes i've been immunized <laughs> what what follow-up question is there going to be <clears throat> true you know he perpetrated a narrative that allowed him to not answer any more questions which was his intention and let's be honest at the time reporters were only really interested in are you still going to be a packer yeah exactly <laughs> you know they were trying to move on from that that was really just a and look, there's, there, listen, there is a part of his argument that I understand that he says he doesn't want to talk about his health status. He felt it was a witch hunt, which I can I can sympathize to a degree. And I can understand the fact that he obviously had made a decision, a health decision. He Let's say he's right and he's exempt, right? Medically exempt from taking these vaccinations. Well, what makes him, would he be exempt? He says that he is allergic to something. Does that, that make him exempt? Though? Yeah, because you can't if you can't have it if you if basically there's quite a few people that are allergic to some of the ingredients. Yeah, in the no, medicine, I, could I, lead I, to anaphylaxis and, and therefore greater good. So, but the thing is, he, what he was saying was that you can be exempt from having the vaccine, but you're still classed as unvaccinated. So you still have to go in the unvaccinated protocols, but at least you have a reason. Now he says he didn't want to disclose all of this um he wanted to be done with the conversation he feels that healthcare should be private shouldn't be uh, or your health should be private and i agree with him i i think you know i i do agree with that my my issue with all of this is he lied he lied and he put people at risk they they are my problems with i don't care if aaron rogers gets a vaccine or not obviously i would like everybody to get vaccinated 
if possible and if it's the right thing for them it's not right for everyone but if it is i'd like people to get vaccinated because i personally have seen the benefits of being vaccinated um not going to go into it but i have single-handedly benefited from being vaccinated and i you know i'm happy to have that discussion offline with people who know me um but and then if he wants to keep it private he gets asked the question have you been vaccinated i do not wish to discuss my vaccination status with you or anyone because i believe health is private yeah do you not think- then this is not a problem anymore. This is not... People aren't outraged that Aaron Rodgers didn't get vaccinated. There are many people that have not been vaccinated. Kirk Cousins has not been vaccinated. Like Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's not... But Cole Beasley's... People had umbrage to Cole Beasley because of the way that he went out of his way to portray it. That was... The problem wasn't the fact that he wasn't getting the vaccine. The problem was the way that he attacked people for getting, for getting vaccinated. That, see, that's an issue. If you, you know, Kirk Cousins is someone who is not vaccinated. He's chosen to not be vaccinated. You don't see Kirk Cousins, and I appreciate he is not Aaron Rodgers, but he's still a highly paid quarterback in this NFL league. Nobody is going to be upset or disappointed that Kirk Cousins isn't vaccinated. The same way I don't think people would have been disappointed if Aaron Rodgers had this come out and had not been vaccinated. The problem that people have is he stood and told the media that he had been immunized. And his narrative is, well, I believed I was immunized. I tried to challenge the league that my immunization protocol was good enough. Yeah. And he tried to change policy. By the by, he stood and he told a lie. And he told Pat McAvee today that he told that, even though he says he didn't lie, he says he believes by science he has been immunized. But he admitted he told that narrative because he did not want any more questions about it. That is a man who understands what he is saying, the meaningful impact of what that means. And he has told a bunch of beat reporters that he is immunized, which is a synonym for vaccination. And that I'm vaccinated, especially as he's answered the question in the affirmative. Are you vaccinated? Yes, I am immunized. Yeah, yeah. Right? You can understand why there's no follow-up question because you've answered in the affirmative to, are you vaccinated? When the answer is, in fact, no, no, but I am immunized. Right. And if he said, no, but I'm immunized, and then he explained, or he goes, I do not want to talk about my vaccination status. I believe it's a highly private thing. I don't judge people who are or are not vaccinated. I'm not saying I am or I'm not vaccinated. It is a private medical decision, and I'm not going to discuss it. I'd have been fine. I wouldn't have had a problem with anything. It comes out he's not vaccinated. That's his decision. Yeah. As he says, every person has a right, especially understanding if what he says is true, that he is allergic to two of the three major vaccines, and the third one has clotting issues and is therefore a greater risk to him to have it than to not have the vaccine and get COVID, then I understand those decisions to not have the vaccine. Like, that makes logical sense. He shouldn't have to explain that. He now has to because he's lied. That's why he's having to clarify all of his statements. But had he kept it private, no. I don't I don't think this is as big a thing. You know, he's attacking the media. He's calling it the woke left. He's politi- politicized this by attacking liberals, saying that 
it's their fault that they're coming at him and making this a political issue. Well, he's made it a political issue yeah. by bringing all this up. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers for me today is, is really disappointed and he's attacked the league. He's thrown the Packers under the bus. Um, he's called the league. He said, he's said that the league told him that people who have the vaccine can't get COVID. I'm not sure. I believe that. Um, it seems a bit outrageous. Yeah. And he no, goes on to attack one. and he goes on <laughs> to attack the league protocols regarding um, unvaccinated players. And it does sound bad, like from what he was saying. And I'd go watch the interview listening just to the process that unvaccinated players have to go through versus vaccinated players. And I think he has, there is a point there that vaccinated players can spread this virus that they don't go through hardly any of the same um, protocols as the unvaccinated players that there should be a review of that. Yeah. But he has openly admitted to not following certain protocols because he doesn't believe the science behind it, which is just a damning indictment of public safety. Yeah. And that's, you know, he should get banned. He's not going to play this week because he is out for 10, game, uh, for 10 days. On the COVID list. On the COVID <laughs> list for testing positive for COVID. So he, Jordan Love will play this week. And if I was the Packers, I would... I played Jordan Love next week because he's not available to go back to the facility till Saturday. So the so day before. 24 hours before they play in week 10. I guess that is determined by how Jordan Love plays against the Chiefs. Yeah, but let's say Jordan Love does okay. Let's say he does okay. Let's say they win the game. Let's say they win the game. And he does okay. I would probably... And also, you know, you let's go back to this whole thing with, with, with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Jordan Love was drafted as a first-round draft choice. They, tra they traded up to get Jordan Love. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer next year. We didn't know he was going to be a Packer this year until, until late. You have to know what you've got in Jordan Love. Because this now, is his third now, yeah. year in the NFL. It's his third year in the NFL. So why not give him this little mini audition? At the end of the day, the Packers are going to win the division. They're going to win the playoffs. I mean, in their division alone, they're what, three games clear? At time of recording this, so. well, if you're watching live, then right yeah, now, if you're watching live right now, they are. They're four games clear. They're four games clear, right? So they're going to win the division. Yeah. They're going to win the division, so they're going to secure themselves a top four seed. Yes, it is quite tight. You're playing for the one seed. Maybe you can't afford to lose two games. Who knows? Depends what happens this week. I think if you win this week against the Chiefs, I think you, you can win next week. And then all of a sudden, you, you're really in a good spot and you know what you got with Jordan Love. And then you can make a decision based on what you want to do next year. So, yeah. Although Jordan Love was a reach in the first round for them when they drafted him because of what happened at Utah State yeah. and the player he was, it was a bit of a shock. But like you say, he's now three years into his tenureship. If he was terrible, he wouldn't still be there as the backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers, knowing that the heir apparent is in the seat ready for whenever the almost Brett Favian moment that Aaron Rodgers... Oh, no, wait, on, on behalf of, it... of, a, of a fan of a team with a terrible backup quarterback, yes, he could be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, maybe it's two years, actually, because it was 2020 class he got drafted, wasn't he? Jordan Love. Maybe it's his second year in the NFL. Next year will be his third year. But anyway, even regardless, like... 
I think this is an opportunity now for Jordan Love that's been gifted to him. And well, that's the thing. If he goes out and beats who a team in the Chiefs that everybody considers to be one of the best teams in the league, right? They're not playing so well at the moment. That's their defense is shocking at the moment, and Patrick Mahomes isn't performing. But if they go out and beat the Chiefs, that in itself is a big win for Jordan Love and the Packers. And then, like you say, next week they have to start him. It's not a terrible game for him, to be honest, because even if they lose to the Chiefs, he can still play well against against that defense. And make it make it into a good game. Do you know, mm. he can make it a close game and play well in defeat. That yeah. might be enough. And the following week, you get the Seahawks, which, which you know, <laughs> Russ might be back, and it's a different game. If it's not, then you know, again, you, right now he has got two. He's facing in the next two games. If he plays the next two games, he's playing two below average NFL defenses. So, I, if I'm the Packers right now. It's, it's easy to say, number one seed. But listen, they were the number one seed last year and they didn't make the Super Bowl. So I, I kind of feel like you need to know what you've got in Jordan Love. You're going to win the division. You're going to be a top three or four seed anyway. Why not just see what you've got in Love, see what he can do against two below-average defences. And do you know what? If he absolutely bombs this week, throws three interceptions, then yeah, you just go back to Aaron Rodgers next week. It's no harm done. Yeah, it's a free hit for Jordan Love, as you say, because he gets beat by a good team. Even if he, even if he bombs out against the defense, you kind of know what you got. But at least if he puts up a reasonable performance this week, he should play against the Seahawks next week. It just makes sense from an organizational point of view. Also, from the organization's point of view, you can say face a little bit and say, "Well, Aaron Rodgers lied to us and making him sit this week to punish." Well, I mean, no one, you know, let's be honest. No one can argue with you. That's what no. you say is happening. That's what's happening. He's put, he's put the organization in a difficult position and maybe they take some time. It's like, like you say, it's a good it's a good way of throwing the ball over to Jordan Love for a couple of games and, and you figure all this mess out that Aaron Rodgers has just left you a giant bomb where he's just basically thrown you under yeah. the bus. It's going to have to be an NFL investigation now. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's just a mess, and yeah, I, I think you go with Jordan Love. I still think with Jordan Love they beat the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are. I I mean Patrick Mahomes is hurt. I I really believe that Patrick Mahomes is injured. Um, we saw it on Monday Night Football. He had a little limp on the sideline, and um, and he's definitely been carrying this injury all season long. And you know, you look at the Chiefs and you go. Why is Patrick Mahomes throwing so many interceptions? He's thrown an interception in his last seven games. Now, you don't go from being as good as he has been to where he is now and say he's just on a bad run of form. You know, you, you don't get to be that good, throw interceptions in seven consecutive games, and then go to where you are. And the Chiefs now, for the remainder of the season, as it stands right now as we're recording, do not play a team below 500. Now, maybe the Broncos, if the, Bron- the Broncos are 500. So maybe by the time they play the Broncos, they might be fi- under 500. <laughs> they might be 500. Two kinds of... Who knows? <laughs> but ultimately, everyone they play is, is a 500 or better team the rest of the year. Do we really believe that a the Chiefs are... It's not the defense is playing bad. They scored three points against Tennessee. Everything's wrong. Like he's making poor decisions. 
And I think a lot of it is, is due to pain. I think it's due to the fact that he is hurt. And it's it's just not working there this season. I, I wouldn't surprise me if they lose a few of the next games that you see Mahomes shut down for the season. It wouldn't shock me because he's, he's definitely not right. I also and, think Patrick Mahomes is a guy that plays. He plays on on the edge. And we all, we all love a no-look pass. But if you go back and look at a lot of those no-look passes, they never had to be. But then when you start playing hurt, those no-look passes start getting intercepted. Those passes that you think are, you know, those tight window throws, those don't make it there. And all yeah. of a sudden, it, spot, it snowballs way quicker when things are going bad than when they're going good. But, and, and the other thing is as well, right? Everybody loves those no-look passes. Everyone loves the show voting kind of plays, right? And when you're winning a lot of games, when you're the number one seed in your conference, when you're the number one team, you're getting a bye. That stuff's all right by me, right? When you do the trick plays, the yeah. razzle-dazzle, the kind of stuff, right? When you are four and four and you're getting beat by Tennessee, not just beat, destroyed by Tennessee. Like, yeah. There was only one team in that game. When you are losing games the way that the Chiefs are losing football games right now, just because they beat the Giants, that doesn't make them a good team. In fact, that game was close. The Giants yeah. ran them close. You should not be concentrating on these trick plays, these razzle-dazzle, no-look throws. You should just be going back basics. to basics and winning football games. Which is uncharacteristic for Andy Reid, considering how good a coach he is. You'd think he would have recognised the problems with what they're doing. And... Which goes back to the Super Bowl, right? A lot of things happened that Super Bowl week, right? They lost half their offensive line. They played with a secondary offensive line. That was pretty terrible. The Bucks did what they wanted to do on them, right? But we still saw Mahomes, even though he was injured, with some mobility. He still got away. He still tried things. And listen, the pressure was kind of off in the fourth quarter. He's making those outrageous throws pretty much just off the ground because they pretty much lost the game at that point anyway. But Andy Reid's son was involved in a driving incident where he killed somebody and was later charged. You have... So that's a distraction, which I don't think Andy Reid is fully over. That's clearly something in the background because his son worked for the team. That's something in the organization that is going on that's being dealt with in the background. And I'm not saying this is the reason why the Chiefs are 4-4, four four, but I think there's a lot of things why the Chiefs are 4-4. Four four. I think there's a distraction of the coach. I don't think people are prepared to stand up to Andy Reid. I think they go, you're this revolutionary coach. We can't really tell you otherwise. You've got Eric Bieniemy, who, for some reason, cannot get a job as a head coach in the NFL. I want to know how bad he is at interviewing <laughs> when you've got some of the players or some of the coaches, like Nick Sirianni. How is Nick Sirianni and his watering plant metaphors getting a job over Eric Bieniemy? Like, how bad is Eric Bieniemy in an interview? To where Nick Sirianni's getting a job over him. Like, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, so you got Eric Bianami pissed off, he can't get a job. You got Andy Reid distracted. You got you got Patrick Mahomes hurt, and he clearly doesn't look like he's having any fun. You got a rebuilt offensive line he spent a lot of money on that looks busted. You got a defense that's pretty poor across the board. You got one or two decent players, but it's a pretty average, below average defensive unit. You know, the DBs are pretty bad. Uh, the linebackers are no good. 
Like, there's no pressure there. They can get run on. They can get passed on. No one's no one's afraid of the Chiefs anymore because outside of Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, who's been injured, there isn't anyone all that special on that team. Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey gets catches because teams allow him to get catches. Because if you want to beat us with a tight end over the middle, great. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll suck that up all day. Like, like how many how many yards did Kelsey get in the Super Bowl? 120, 130 yards? Bucks went, yeah, go on then. You can have your 15-yard plays over the middle because you're not going to score. Take too long. You don't get far enough. Yeah, exactly. We'll take away the big play. We're not going to give you the big play over the sideline. We're not going to give you 20, 30, 40-yard chunk plays. You can have 10, 12 yards over the middle to for first downs. And you can have it between the 20s. Mm-hmm. And if you want to kick field goals, good luck to you. But you're not going to beat us by getting in the end zone. And, like, that's the thing with the Chiefs. They're pretty people that figured them out because they haven't done anything different over the last three years. Yeah. They do some razzle dazzle plays and they don't have the personnel that was as good. Their running game is not as good as it was. They're, you know, utility receivers. Say what you want about Sammy Watkins. Listen, I'm not a big Sammy Watkins fan, but Carl Harmon's not getting it done. Demarcus Robinson's not getting it done. They don't have a secondary wide receiver. They're like, all right, go on then. You can stick whoever you want out there. We'll just double cover an injured Tyreek Hill. You can have your yards over the middle with Kelsey. And you're playing Hurts. So you're not going to beat us with the run. Like, he can't play action because he can't run. Yeah. So, Mahomes can't, <clears throat> can't display anyone. He can't sit there and go, okay, I'm going to play action fake and I'm going to scramble for yards because he can't run. He's hurt. <laughs> like, they're being figured out. And I and I still think, with Jordan Love, I'd still think that the Packers win this week. Because you've got Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones just goes <laughs> goes nuclear this week. And it wouldn't be a bad <coughs> wouldn't be a, a bad game plan. Because no. you're taking the pressure off of Jordan Love because he doesn't have to do as much. No. And then if he does, Devontae Adams has been activated off the COVID list. So you know that that safe pair of hands is there. And he can run any route you want. Yeah. So you just tell him to to run short ins or whatever and be be open, even if you want to double in. Be friendly. Yeah. You've got, Les- you got Lazard, you got Cobb, you got MVS. Cobb. Got- Cobb's a thing again. That's mad. Yeah, but he's, he's been good. But I mean, yeah, it's yeah. different because it's not Rogers there. But you got an all right offensive line. He'll get some protection. Tonyan's a big miss for them. Yeah. I mean, he's not really been at it this year. The Packers' offense has been less efficient. That's not a surprise. They were the most efficient uh, team in football last year in terms of scoring. That was always going to come down. Um, the defense is pretty good. Just looking at points against, they haven't allowed as many points. They're sort of middle of the road. <coughs> yeah, I mean, they, they still give it up. Teams who can run the ball effectively will do damage on them. I, their record is is a strange one because they're seven and one, but they got blown out week one by the Saints. Um. And then they've they've kind of, you know, they beat Arizona, which was a statement win, but they haven't really played. They're in a poor division. You know, you you got the Bears. You beat Minnesota. All right, fine. I mean, Dallas beat Minnesota with Cooper Rush, so I've less. (laughs) I've I've less, like, and sorry, Vikings fans, but you shouldn't be losing to to Cooper Rush. Um, It's funny how in college those sort of wins and losses against teams really matter when the playoff rankings and stuff. And then you get the Vikings who lose to Dallas with Cooper Rush and that would be a terrible loss on the schedule if it was required to be 
recorded. I mean, it, it would be, but but you know, Minnesota are just. I, I don't really know what's going on in Minnesota. They, you know, you look at that team on paper and you think that's a good team. Yeah. Like I look at that team and think it's a pretty good team, but right top to bottom roster, there aren't that many holes. You're a great running back. You got a decent quarterback. He's a top half. It's not that people don't love Kirk Cousins because he's not flashy, but he's a good quarterback. He's a top. He's a top 14, 15 quarterback in this league. Easy, easily. Doesn't make that many mistakes. That's the key. Yeah, he's not making. He's not making the bad mistakes. Yeah, listen, he's not. He's not. He's not flashy. He doesn't make many spectacular plays. His highlight reel is is as interesting <laughs> as a, a documentary on whale fat, but. At the end of the day, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, he he gets the job done. Um, he's got two great receivers in Phelan and Jefferson. You know, I said the offensive line not it's pretty good. Yeah. Defensive line could be better, but it's not bad. I mean, I do think they struggle to get pressure, and that's an area that they should do better on. Well, they're going to struggle now because Hunter's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, and so with now Hunter out. They do struggle there, and and that and you know they lost him last year yep. as well, and, and that was, that was a, and that was a huge loss because they tried to get and got Gway in, and they ended up trading him to Baltimore. That was weird, you know. Was, but and, they, and Everson Griffin wasn't there as well. No, and you know they've got decent linebackers, but they get beat too easy over the top. That I with the DB room that they've got, I think schematically is not working. They need to change something there, but I think it's too late. You know they're four and three, they're three and four. They could maybe sneak into seventh. You've got these this the you got a lot of four lost teams in in the hunt for this seventh spot. You've got Carolina, who we don't know if they've got a quarterback no. going forward. Um Minnesota, the 49ers. I mean the 49ers might get there. The Falcons, I don't see it, but I mean, they they don't have a wide receiver at all. Um, the Eagles, they're not they're not going to get there. The, the, the sea, I mean, I look at the Seahawks now, thinking, well, if they get Dangerous back next week, and they put a bit of a run together because they're in a poor division. Well, they're not actually. They're no, they're not. They're going <laughs> to now struggle to catch. Yeah, the I mean, yeah. And the Rams. I mean, they'd still have to play the Rams again, the Cardinals. Yeah, eh, that might be a struggle. I mean, I'm looking at. That's a bet, though, if you fancy it, the Seahawks to make the playoffs. I mean, they're not out of it. They're not out of it by any stretch. I, I, I don't really, I don't really know. Like, I, I look, the NFC is pretty straightforward, right? We know that the Saints realistically are going to be the the sixth seed. Right? I think that's the one thing that we kind of know. They're probably going to be the sixth seed. They're not going to get caught by the teams behind them, and I don't think they're going to win the division. So. We know Green Bay are going to win the division. Like they pretty much have pretty much won the division. The Cardinals and the Rams are going to fight for that division. If if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are out, it's advantage Rams. Rams will probably win that division. Um, the Buccaneers will win their division. I know they lost to the Saints, but I'm pretty confident the Buccaneers will win the division. Like Dallas will. I mean, <laughs> Dallas have won their division, right? We don't even need to put it. They got a three-game lead in the division. They've got the worst division in football. Again. Again. So, you know, you've got, you got the Packers. You've got the Packers and the Cowboys who are going to win their divisions. You've got the Buccaneers who will probably win their division. You've got the Cardinals and the Rams. Both of them will make the playoffs. One of them will be the top four seed. One of them will be the fifth seed. 
Saints being sixth, and then you got all those teams underneath playing for the, the seventh seed. I mean, this is where the seventh seed, people slated the seventh seed. At least now, it makes the NFC interesting, because right now, if it was a sixth seed, like the old days, you'd go, well, you might as well just, the, the, all these lock games are meaning, you might as well lock them up now, because no one else is going to catch them. But you can say, oh, well, you know, the Panthers are one game behind. The Saints, you know, they start 3-0. They're, 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 they're heading they're, in the wrong direction. Yeah, they're one of, five, one of four in the last five games. Like, they're, they're not going anywhere. Um, and I think Matt Rule's done a great job, and I think he's got the right thing to go for him. He just doesn't have a quarterback that's going to do the job. That's where the, the AFC is surprisingly a lot more interesting. There's a lot more things going on in, in the AFC than than the NFC. But, yeah, I, I guess we'll see what happens. But I, I look at the NFC right now and think, it's we know who three of the four division winners are going to be. Yeah. And then we know the Saints are going to make the playoffs. And then the the one who doesn't win the division out of the Rams and the Cardinals is, is going to make the playoffs. So we, we're just waiting on that last one and see who, who, tri- who triumphs through. But, yeah, it's, there is some subplots underneath um, going through in terms of how these teams are strengthened. The trade deadline's gone, but OBJ's hanging out there. Who's going to get OBJ? What are your boys' thoughts where OBJ lands? I mean, obviously, if you listen to this on the podcast, he signed somewhere, and this conversation is <laughs> probably completely, completely moot. But I've got a horrible feeling. <laughs> I've got a really, really horrible feeling that the Dolphins will put him in a waiver claim. And bear in mind, we sit second in the uh, in the list right now. But you can't afford him. Yeah, but the cat space is fairly easy to come by. But who, so who would you cut? Let's, let's say this. Let's play this hypothetical out. At one and seven, yeah. I, I've got about fifty players that I'd cut <laughs> for OBJ. All right, but not for. See, I, I don't want it. I know, no, no, that, no I know. See, this, this is a very, very different thing. I, I, to me, he is the sort of player that the Patriots would sign. Oh, please and no. St- <laughs> and we still do everything the Patriots would do, and we're just ahead of them in the order. So I can see Brian Flores saying, "That's my kind of guy. He's a." Albert Hainsworth, uh, Chad Johnson, a you name it that's gone to the Patriots didn't never worked out, but they still do it. But why? I wouldn't do it. I think he's the most overrated player. In but football. but in order for OBJ to go to the Dolphins, Stephen Ross is going to have to sign off on it. Last last week he was trying to sign an alleged sex offender. <laughs> alleged, I said alleged, but you know. I'm morals are fairly low right now. <laughs> well, and seven low. Our standards are pretty low. Like we have a history of doing this stuff. Yeah, but but you're right. You'd have to sign off on it. But you know, this is also the same guy that flirted with uh, Jim Harbour whilst having a coach under contract. <laughs> the same guy that that basically stood on the sideline talking to Tua before before drafting him when that's not allowed. You know, as a as a Michigan alum standing on the on the Alabama sideline of a Michigan-Alabama game. Yeah, um, questionable. And then this, this week tried to make a phone call to Deshaun Watson. So, Wow, from all I, intents I, and purposes, that deal sounded quite close. Yeah, I don't think... It, yeah, there was no chance I got done this season. That was... Too much had to happen. How does the waiver thing work in the NFL? Is it the same as is in fantasy football? If you make a claim, you go to the end of the list. No, it's so it's done on it's done on your order, so it's done on standings, so but it's like over a, basically like a a four week window, and then it updates kind of thing. So, so if you're so say you're the worst team in the league, 
yeah. on week one, you get that priority for four weeks and then it goes again. Uh, no, so you will end up further back on, you will end up back at the list, but then in four weeks' time, it resets, it resets. So then, okay. So if the Dolphins, but then you've got to remember right now that we're after the trade deadline. So that's the reason he has to clear waivers. So typically what would happen is if this was the first half of the season, trade deadline hadn't happened, um, Odell Beckham Jr. as a as a vested veteran wouldn't go go through the waiver process. He would just go straight to free agency because he's played in the league for four years. Um, whereas those that are under four years have to go through the waiver process. That's kind of what was agreed in the collective bonding agreement as part of this um, way to get veterans in the league who have paid their dues to earn potentially more money, etc. But because the trade deadline has happened, he has to clear waivers. Now, the interesting thing, and the part that we do not know right now, and whatever anyone talks to you about the cap here, we do not know what Odell Beckham Jr.'s salary is right now because when he was released by the Browns today, they reworked his contract. We don't know the details of that yet. No. The league do. So to the to the teams who are thinking of making a waiver claim will know what his cap number is. Because they have to be under the cap for making that claim. Correct. So we know that he will not be what the contracted amount is out there because the, the Browns will want to have reduced his salary. Because when he doesn't, if he claims, if he clears waivers, so if he doesn't clear waivers, if someone claims him, yep. the Browns do not have to pay OBJ another penny. But actually, they will do because they've renegotiated the contract. But <laughs> let's say, let's say hypothetically, he didn't touch his contract, right? If they didn't touch his contract, someone would have had to have taken him up for the full thirteen odd million that his cap hit is this year, um, which made it only three teams that could get him, which is the Broncos, the, the Dolphins, and the Jags. Not the Dolphins, not the, Dolphins the Jags. The Eagles, you said The Eagles. It was the Jags, the Eagles, and the, and the Broncos. Now, something tells me OBJ would not have agreed to a reduced salary that would put him on the radar of the worst NFL teams because he's he will pick where he wants to go. So, as I was saying earlier, what I think, and I don't know. I don't have an NFL insider. I'm not Ian Rappaport or anything like this. this I've, seen, I've seen you claim to be an NFL insider. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> if, I was, if I was the Browns, what I would have done is I would have pushed some money into signing, yep. spread it over future years, reduced his cap number so that when he clears, we're not on for the full hook this year. We're on for, I don't know, $4 million or whatever we can afford to right off this year we kick the money into the next couple of years evenly easy spread but why what lbj would have wanted was a roster bonus of something stupid three million a game two million a game whatever it would have taken so that if it goes oh the jags are going to claim him okay well if you're going to claim him every week he's on your roster you got to pay him a million dollars Ah, no thanks. <laughs> because they'll want him to clear. Because when he clears, 
the contract dies. It's finished. So then it's just... So then game. he can negotiate a free market deal with the teams he wants to play for. So the only way the Dolphins go in for OBJ is if they're willing to do this absurd thing. I mean, look, we don't know this has happened. This is conjecture on my part, but this, I don't, if you're OBJ, I don't understand why you would agree to do the Browns a favor and kick the money in the signing bonus because you're going to get the money anyway. Yeah. Like regardless of whether you, well, no, but you couldn't get it from the Browns. If they kick yeah. it in the signing, it's not like this whole, oh, I get this money now. If he clears waivers, he gets the money. You know, if he doesn't clear waivers, someone's going to pay him the salary. So he's not getting a massive benefit. Whereas he will say, well, I'll, I'll agree to this, but this is what I want in return because I don't want to be claimed. I want to hit free agency. And I want to choose where I want to go. And I reckon they work something out. Because that's why it would take two days. Because if you're going to cut him, you just cut it. Right? And the, the game the Browns are playing is trying to get, trying to make that contract tempting enough for someone to pick it up. Yeah. And, to, and, and to I think that's some of that money. That's the game. Is, yeah. is, can it's, we tempt someone into claiming him? Yeah. Because we don't care where he ends up. Yeah. We can trade him. Because we don't care where he goes. We just want to try and lose some of this money to somebody else rather yeah. than it coming back for us. And I, and I think that's what it is. So maybe they, they've agreed on a fee that makes it ridiculous for OBJ to get money. But at the same point, it's still attractive enough to someone like Ashad Khan in Jacksonville is thinking, do you know what? I'll make the money back on advertising anyway. If I have to pay OBJ 500 grand a week, then so be it. Who knows? How fascinating. We'll find out. We'll find out in a couple of days so, if he clears waivers. So is that from today? Two days yeah. from today? So by yeah, by Monday we should know where we're at. Already. Theoretically, if somebody does sign him off waivers, yeah. can he play Sunday? Um, no. No. No, because he, no, he didn't hit waivers till today. Yeah, so, yeah, so he, he won by the because it's after game week day. Because the transaction, yeah, the transaction wouldn't be officially put through by the NFL until next game week. Until Tuesday. That so no, sense. he wouldn't. That means you won't actually find out who's claimed until then either. I yeah. Unless the team leak it. There's somebody sporting a Jacksonville Jaguar jersey at the weekend in a box that says Beckham. There, there, there is somewhere in a, in a social media department in a team somewhere <laughs> currently putting I, stuff together. I, I wouldn't put it past Urban Meyer. No. I mean, it would be one heck of a distraction. It would be an expensive but, distraction to his own PR disaster. That, that's what I mean. Like, if you want to take the heat off yourself, bring in OBJ. There yeah. you go. <laughs> that's a great piece of coaching. Yeah. Yeah, not football coaching, though. Yeah, football's out the window at this stage. <laughs> PR coaching from Evan Meyer. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think the man's mastered PR in his time <laughs> in, in college. So, Beckham gets to agree his own deal if he clears waivers. Yeah. Therefore, essentially, anybody who offers him good money, he can go and play for. It might not even be money at this stage. Because yeah. he would have got paid by the Browns. <clears throat> so, he could effectively sign. He could effectively say, well, do you know what? I'm going to this year, I want a ring. I, I don't have a ring. I can go, I'll I'll take the league minimum around $700,000 pro rata, so you'll get half that-ish. So, 250k. And go and sign with the Saints or uh, the Packers. 
or you know, which I'm sure he'd love to go back to Louisiana. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's is that where he's from? I know he went to LSU. Yeah, he went to college there. He's got he's got, got ties LA. there. It, the, the Saints make sense. Um, For sure. I, it's, it's a strange one. I don't really know where he goes. I think I think you can rule. There's some teams. So let's say, for example, he's going. I want to go to a contender, right? The Raiders make sense. <laughs> They've had some stories recently after what's happened this week. The Raiders <laughs> make sense. Uh, I think the Ravens make sense. Although yeah. I don't know if it wants to go. I think the Bills makes a, 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 oh a degree of sense. Um, Imagine. I think he's a massive upgrade on Cole Beasley. Even Cole though Beasley I, does like what the Bills is. Yeah. He is the slot man for the Bills and does their job perfectly. Um, I, I mean, imagine the Chiefs. Yeah. There's your, there's your second wide receiver. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Green I, Bay. The Packers make so much sense. It's almost too logical. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of places you could slot him in at, at that price point and say, you've yeah. got nothing to lose. I, I would, I would say, uh, I could say right now, it's unlikely he'd go to the, the Cowboys. It's unlikely he'd go to the Buccaneers. It's probably unlikely he'd go to the Cardinals or the Rams. Well, the, the Rams, I, I could see it because it's the sort of thing the Rams would do. It's a Rams thing. It's a Rams thing. I mean, let's not forget that the Rams have given up every draft pick until twenty ninety one. That's because they did such a bad job. Job at drafting Jared Goff, they're like, We're terrible at this. We're I mean, not doing it again. yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I have to really praise Denver for the, the Von Miller deal. So, you know, trade deadline. I know Denver fans are probably really upset that Von Miller has left Denver for a second and a third round pick. The guy was out of contract this year, right? And then, and then everyone's going, Oh, wait a minute, we're gonna, Denver are going to pay nine million dollars of his contract to go. Well, that's because not many teams had cap. Mm. And you have to look at it and go, I think a second and a third for a player who's going to be out of contract in two months, three months, is very good. It's very good. And effectively, what you've done is you've bought the draft picks. Mm. I actually think John Elway, yeah, I I, I got to say John Elway, right? He gets a lot of stick. (laughs) He gets a lot of stick. I looked at that deal and I went, that made a lot of sense. How much of that's George Payton, though? <laughs> Maybe George Payton is responsible. Because if you look at it, right, remember when remember when the Browns paid $16 million, yeah. i.e. Brock Osweiler? Brock, Brock, Osweiler. <laughs> that's a tongue twister. Brock Osweiler's contract for a second. Yeah. Denver have just paid $9 million for a second and a third next year. Yep. It's a bargain. I, it's, it's great economy of business. Like, you look at yeah. it and go... Von Miller's not going to be on the team. He's always said he's not going to sign. Like, you're not going to sign Von Miller. Yeah, so he's going yeah. anyway. Are you making the playoffs this year? No. You're going to need to be in a rebuild next year. So why not get the capital Picks now? It's more valuable next year than cap is this year. Exactly. Especially if you're not going to win this year. Like, yeah. I, I, I thought it was really good business. You, you either needed to be completely in on trying to get Deshaun Watson in and, and trying to change things completely. Yeah. Or you, you become a seller. That's what they did. Yeah, and 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 also, listen, it gives a legend, a legend of the team, a chance to go and win again somewhere else. Like you, you, you haven't dropped, you haven't traded in Jacksonville. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, I don't know. It also seems uh, player friendly as well. Yeah. yeah, and and listen, you know they did. I think they did good business on Kenny Young getting a paying a fifth for him. Yeah. I thought it was good. Um, 
I like some of the moves they've done in terms of building future proofing this this squad going forward with picks and um and whatnot. But yeah, I do I go back to Denver now and think if if I have to watch Pat Shermer offenses again, like he's man's gotta go. Like he's gotta go. I I I don't care how, <laughs> right? But Pat Shermer, Pat Shermer offenses are awful. It was awful at the Giants. Yeah. It was awful to watch at the Giants with the great talent he had. You look at the t- you look at the offense, right? Forget the quarterback situation. I know Teddy's not great, but he's fine. He's, he's a, a fu- he's a serviceable quarterback, right? And then you've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Yes, I've granted Jerry Judy's been on IR. You've got Noah Fan. You've got Albert O. You've got Tim Patrick, very underrated wide receiver. Right, you got Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, 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 you can't ask for better <laughs> offensive weapons. You look at Denver's offense on paper, top ten offense. It's good. It's good. Top ten offense, easy. So why are they? Why are they a bottom ten offense with top ten offense personnel? It's scheme. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had this conversation when we went out for dinner before the season started. And I said, yeah, start Teddy. Everyone knows what Teddy is. Teddy's going to be Teddy. But if the rest of the team isn't playing to its potential, you get a four and four team like you currently are now. Whereas if you'd have played Drew Locke, yes, you might be in a worse situation, but you could have been in a better situation because he's maybe better to utilise those weapons. But then if it comes down to Pat Shermer, it doesn't matter who's there. I'm pretty sure stepmom Lauren owes me something. I'm pretty sure we did a bet, and I said Drew Locke would not be the starting quarterback at the Denver Broncos. It was definitely a bet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm All pretty right. sure I'm owed something. I have to go back and listen to the episode. I mean, we could just hit her up and ask her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, she'd I probably deny all knowledge knowing that she's lost. <laughs> so we'd have I, to... definitely, I definitely called that Drew Locke would not be the quarterback. Yeah, the I quarterback can't remember what. I don't know. We'll find was. that one out. But, look, I think... Um, Pat Shermer should go. I think Vic Fangio goes. Yeah, he's definitely done. I, and it's it's now about who comes in and buys the Broncos. Is it going to be Bezos? Is it going to be who knows? But I does it does it matter at this point who the buyer is though? Because if you buy something new, you want it to be exciting when you buy it. So regardless of who comes in, surely there's going to be well, this record's not great. Why is it not great? Then you have somebody in your ear who's perhaps a neutral advisor saying, well, your offense is great. Therefore, it must be a scheme thing. That's what you'd like to happen because then you know that... It's it's got to be a scheme thing because, again, I look at the Broncos roster. I appreciate that the linebacker position has been completely decimated. I think you've gone through 374 linebackers this season or however many it is. You've got... (laughs) One for every day of the week. You pretty much have gone through. I mean, like, I know... Stops isn't fair. He's just waiting for Troy. That's why you got the jersey on. (laughs) You've come back. Just give me a chance, coach. (laughs) I mean, like... I know Vic Fangio is going to ask for another linebacker this Christmas because he hasn't got anyone else. But I think you know, I look at the paper. I look on paper at the Denver Broncos roster and think, actually, with how bad the Chiefs have been, you probably should have won the division. Yeah. I, like, for me, the fact is, you've got a better roster than the Raiders. You've got a better roster on paper. On paper. <laughs> 
than the Raiders. Yeah. Right? They don't even have a head coach right now. They've been coached by an assistant head coach because they've got fired in some weird NFL controlling power play by Roger Goodell that he can just <laughs> make things happen like a puppeteer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I look at that and think, with how if you had said to me that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be four and four after eight weeks, and I'd just gone on paper and didn't know who the coaches were and hadn't watched any of the games, I'd have looked at that and gone, well, okay, well, the Broncos are going to win the division. And what's weird is you still can. You're one game out. That's it. Well, one and a half games out. But I can't see it. No. It's mental. And it wouldn't have made any difference had we have drafted Justin Fields at nine because Pat Shermer would have ruined him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't... It, it's it's a strange it's a strange division you're in because I, I look at it now and, and think the Chargers are going to win the division. I don't think it'll be the Raiders. I, I just think it will fall out for them. I do think they can make the playoffs, obviously, but I think I think I look at the teams now and think the Chargers are probably win the division. Just because I think they they haven't been great and they're still four or three. Mm. And I think they'll get it together. Get That's the thing. Yeah. I, I look now at these teams, I think the Raiders are playing about as well as they can play. Yeah, they're maxed out. I think they're maxed out. All right, they're five and two. There's some fair play to them. They, they've done with all the adversity of everything that's going on. They've they've done really well to get to that position. I also think they've had a pretty puff schedule. Yeah. That's really helped. I look at I look at the the Chargers. The Chargers' biggest fear right now, and the biggest problem they have is they can't stop the run. Um, you can you can put two hundred yards on the ground against them with pretty average running backs. Um, if they sort that out. They will probably win the division. I can't see the Chiefs with their schedule and what's going on winning the division. And then, and then you've got the Broncos, who probably of those four teams right now probably have the best complete roster, and they're probably going to come last. <laughs> I, I, it just baffles me that we we're sitting here in twenty twenty one with these great coaches available, and we've got to put up with Pat Shermer and, and Vic Fangio as a coaching duo, like. Come on already. Like, let's just get some excitement going. Right. Yeah. I feel sorry for Denver. Thanks. <laughs> I feel just feel sorry for them because they've got a good team. I mean, the AFC is weird because you've got you've got two divisions that are done in terms of winners, right? The Tennessee Titans, I think, are like ninety they're like ninety-three percent to win the division or something stupid like that. Yeah. Because they've got a three game lead and they own the tiebreakers. Two games. Well, two and a half because, yeah, the Colts won last night. So they played a game more. Um, but, yeah, they have a three-game lead in the division if they win this week. And they own the tiebreaker because they beat the Colts twice. So they don't even have to. So it's really an extra game. So you're talking about almost four games. They are playing the Rams this week. Yeah, okay. So maybe if they lose that, it goes back to two. It goes back to two with a tiebreaker three. It's still a long difference to come up with and they're going to win the division without Derrick Henry it's going to be tough but they'll be fine you've got the Bills the Bills are going to hold off the Patriots and win the East right I, th- I think the Bills have, have been a bit tricky but I think they'll be fine uh, the Patriots I think are defensively well organized but I can't see Mac Jones I mean the, the Buffalo Bills have a point differential total of 120 plus <laughs> Like they they, 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 are, they are literally hammering teams that they play. The defense is so good. 
probably the best defence in football in terms of points allowed. They've played some easy games. Grant is the best team in football points allowed um, by a considerable margin. But having said that, you know, I think they've got every ingredient to win. I mean, they'll, they'll win the division. I don't think anyone's shot they'll win the division. So the South and the East have done. The West is in play. Everybody's within a game and a half. Um, the North's fun. I mean, that is the best division in football. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, you're looking at that division now. You've got the Ravens at five and two, the, the Bengals at five and three, the Steelers at four and three, the Browns at four and four. I mean, they're all good teams. They're all good teams. Um, you've got Bengals, Browns this week. That f- is really good. And obviously, if you're listening to this on the pod, you'll know the result of this one. Uh, <laughs> no spoilers, please. But obviously, I, I, for me, this is a really important week for the Browns. If the Browns lose, they're done. I think, I think, I, I think you can write them off and say they're done because they lost to Pittsburgh last week. Dull game, one of the worst games I've seen in quite, quite some time. And I look at them and think, well, okay, you've already lost to Baltimore. You've lost to the Steelers. And all right, you get to play these teams again, but you, you can't get you you can't get the tiebreakers. Yeah. But the best you can do is split is yeah. split them. And then it goes on conference record, then you've got to overhaul the games. I think you're in a really difficult spot. I mean, like you look at um the Bengals are three and one in the conference, the Ravens are four and two in the conference, the Pittsburgh Steelers are three and two in the conference, the Browns are two and three in the conference. So you're looking at all these different factors. They go under five hundred with eight games to go. I don't know. I think I think it's too far to come back. Something feels weird about the Browns. Something feels like they're teetering on the edge. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because Odell's been in the news this week. I don't know. Well the Odell Beckham situation is is weird, right? You you get a guy and listen, let's let's get one thing straight that the people at the Browns organization, none of the people currently in charge of the hierarchy, Andrew Berry, Kevin Stefanski were part of this trade to bring in Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giants, right? So they're not married to him no. as opposed to if they had traded him in. So clearly they realize he's misfit. He's not giving them any production, right? So he's not giving them any production as it is. He's, he's pretty much a, a luxury player. They've tried to trade him. No one wants him on his contract, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was the way it all blew up. It was the way of they couldn't keep a lid on this. Odell's dad and LeBron James weighing in saying free OBJ. Like, that's just weird. Like, when stuff like, when stuff like this happens, <clears throat> you have to question the leadership at the club. Because you have to question how it's been allowed to get this bad. We saw it with Antonio Brown last year with the Raiders, right? The whole thing played out on hard knocks. And he does that video celebration, he gets released, right? And then six months later, he's lifting a Lombardi trophy. Like, it's literally baffling how some teams and some coaches can handle these players and some absolutely crack. And I'm not saying that Odell Beckham Jr. is faultless in any of this because he's not. He's obviously a difficult individual to manage. But I do think it's difficult when you, you can't manage that situation. They obviously decide they couldn't, they get rid of him. And I just think, you know, they're talking about paying Baker Mayfield 30, 35 million a year. That's a horrific decision. Yeah. But, and I, and I think the other thing that, that comes into play is 
you're probably going to end up seeing the problem with Jarvis Landry. Yeah. He's not going to be happy this has gone down this way. No. You know, that's his best mate. He's very vocal about getting him to Cleveland in the first place. He, he, he's capable of kicking up a stink. And I, I, I think it's the next thing to go. I don't know. It just feels like get a loss this week and this team could be one of those that spirals out of control. Quick. Yeah. You know, we're at the end of the season. You're saying, how did that get so bad so quickly? Yeah, I think it's been a building of things. I think Baker Mayfield isn't managed properly. I think this offense has clearly struggled when they're losing one of their key running backs. Then you've got challenges, behavioral issues. And before you know it, you know, you're talking about, you know, Kevin Stefanski was coach of the year last year. He's got effectively the same team, right? He didn't really lose anyone major in the offseason. Pretty much the same team. So, how has he gone with the same roster, barring a few? Gone from, and you know, you're laughing because obviously the Dolphins are in a very similar, very similar similar situation. (laughs) You have to question how is it that a second year coach can do such a great job in year one? I mean, with Flores is his third year, so a bit different, but how things can go so right one year with the same group of players. You know, we, we were talking about this off air with the, with the Dolphins. That The Dolphins is different because Ryan Fitzpatrick elevated the team. I'm 100% convinced. I'm not, I, it might sound like I was joking with it earlier, but he elevated the team. He's not doing that now because he's not on the team. I do think the whole situation with Tua was mismanaged. Oh, yeah. Because... We're the team that likes to flirt with other people's girlfriends. Yeah, but I mean... (laughs) Yeah, but... We have a history of it, and it's, it's, you know... There's there's a lot of narrative in the media that says you should feel sorry for Tua. Tua Tua was that guy beforehand that we were flirting with. Like, they they did it to you, they'll do it it against you. Do you know what I mean? But I, I do think it's weird... Listen, I think the whole thing is weird with Tua, right? He comes out on a show and admits that last season he didn't know the playbook. right? I don't care if he knew it or not. You don't admit that sort of thing. right? That doesn't go down well. That makes Brian Flores look incompetent. It makes his quarterback coach look incompetent. That's not going to win you any friends in the organization. Then, I don't know what the official turn of events is whether he wasn't offered the opportunity to be a captain by his peers or he was offered the chance to be the captain by his peers but was so pissed off with what happened with the Deshaun Watson rumors and the fact that he wasn't publicly backed by the organization as early as he was that he turned down being a captain for the team I don't know which one of those is true he says that he didn't want to be a captain yeah he says he doesn't want to be a captain. I mean, I've not heard anything to refute that, but I find it sensational that you've been offered a captainship by your peers and you turn it down because you're annoyed at the organization for flirting with someone else. I mean, I think, hey, we'll find out pretty quickly this week. Yeah. He's got a finger injury. If you want to stick it to the organization, sit this week. Yeah. Because but he's playing he for his play. career. He's playing for his career. He can't afford to sit. I mean, what, what are they going to do to him to make it any worse? Bench him? That's what I mean. Himself. Like, he's, he's not he's not good. Right now, no one thinks he's any good anyway. So, what you... It, so, here's a question you, for you. You played, a, you played a team that hadn't won in 20. 
couldn't win. I'm not. I'm not sure how. I mean, I have a tour fan. I've got no problem with tour. And I have all the way through this process been. I'm absolutely fine with it. He's an accurate quarterback. Give me Chad Pennington back. My favorite player to watch as a Dolphin because he got it done. Yeah. Like you, you know, plenty of people want to say, "Oh, Tua, Tua can't throw the deep ball." That's fine. We don't run anyone deep. Wow. We, you know, yeah. Third and ten the other day, we had three three wide receivers break yards off at three yards, three yards. Like you don't see when you watch Shield Twenty Two, you don't see uh, players screaming open down the field. It just doesn't happen no. because we don't run them far enough. We've got the most putrid offense in all of football. It I mean, is awful. I mean, your offensive line is bad. Oh um, yeah, I mean, all the draft picks you've invested in your offensive obviously. line, it, it is bad. Your running game is non-existent. Absolutely, the, no doubt in my mind that between the three of us, we we'll probably get three starting jobs yeah. on the other line. No, I'm the, too small. The I'm line, yeah. Small. The, I mean, you, you see an Oliver kill to in week two. I mean, you could do better because you've been the way at least. I just don't understand with all the draft picks. <laughs> I look at I look at every room on on the on the Dolphins roster. Right, I look at the DB room. The DB room is by far the best room. Because you paid for it, and you paid through the nose for it, and you've got Xavier Howard wants trade, and he's incredibly annoyed by it. Linebacker room, poor. Uh, defensive line, yeah, below uh, below think, average okay. to average. Yeah. yeah, below average to average. But all right, it, it's not going to win you any any awards. But it's probably not the worst room in 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 the world. Um, offensive line, arguably the worst in football. Can't move the ball. Yeah. Running back room is lacking any form of it's inspiration uh, whatsoever. Um, quarterback room is questionable. Uh, wide receiver room is questionable. I mean, you've done well to get Waddle and he looks like a, a star, yeah. but you've got Devonta Parker who's done, he's had one decent year in six. Uh, you've got a, a seventh round Preston Williams with an attitude problem. Um, you signed Will Fuller, the great Will Fuller, who is just, it, it gets more laughable every single week. How, um, how and why you signed him. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing with him being on IR is you pay him an injury settlement and don't have to pay him as much. Um, you got a good tight end who you don't use uh, to like for the thing, but he'll walk in free agency. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, so, but with all these picks, you know, we, we talk about it, how many first round picks, three first round picks last year. Um, this is you, dra- you, you danced around the draft board this year when you could have gone at three, you could have gone and got, um, you know, the this you could have got Penny Sewell, which would have made sense. Um, and then you dance around the board. You moved down the six. You still could have got Pen Ice Saw. Yep. You still. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Waddle was that pick six months. Like, yeah, yeah I, I get it. Pick, which is the which is the exact reason Watson was never coming in before the end of the season. You can't you can't do it. It just he's still going to be there at the end of the season. I just I don't know what the, what. I don't know what the what the Miami Dolphins can do going forward because you don't even have that many you don't have that many assets you can trade. No, you're playing cap space next year. You've got nothing that's worth bringing anything in. Let's be honest. There's no one on the roster to, tr- to trade for other than Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Outside of that, there's no one you'd give up anything for. So, like I said, he's going to walk anyway. So you know, end of contract. So let me ask you a question. Go on. Is Tua the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins in 2022? Yes. What makes you say that? Because he's been good enough to be. Simple as that. If, if you've wa- if you've watched every play of his, yeah. Um, well, this week will be his 16th game, so yeah. one season's worth of games. The 
the stats go to prove that he's played well enough with the worst team in football. If you if you want yeah. if you want to do a, a quick comparison to, to from a quarterback point of view, and this is my real sticking point with it, <coughs> just look how bad they were with Jacoby Brissett. Oh it, yeah, it, it was noticeably worse. The, the, the quarterback is not the problem right now. There is a heap of problems. He isn't it. No. Now, I, and I, I'll tell you the other the other one. You've made this mistake before. Who likes Ryan Tannehill right now? Because I told you he could play <laughs> when he was a Dolphin. Yes, he's got more talent around him. Put the talent around the quarterback. Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> Only every team that's ever played. Like, you know, you can repeat the same mistake if you want. But give, give the guy two seasons. Like, if he doesn't pan out, fine. But I'm certainly not planning three first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third into Deshaun Watson. Well, yeah, I mean... Then I've got nothing else to build build with because it'll be Deshaun Watson and maybe you stocks. The rest of the five, you know, I think <laughs> that's probably the offense. And there's a chance we play two ways. <laughs> it, it, it brings to the point, though, <laughs> well, about, yeah. about hot seats, right? So we've already lost John Gruden this year for... We've lost him. <laughs> it's gone. He's disappeared from the NFL for good. Um, due to his misdemeanors over over email, um, and the NFL weaponizing those to remove him. I mean, if I was the Raiders right now, I would probably be. If I was Mark Davis, I wouldn't shock me if Mark Davis has decided he's going to just attack the NFL and yeah. find a way to really sort of get back at them because I know he feels aggrieved. I'm not. I'm not defending John Gruden, but the timing of the emails coming out is weird bizarre suspect um and then obviously the heavy rugs thing is is very difficult and they had to do what was right for the organization by 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 cutting him but i've no doubt as well the nfl said we don't want to deal with this make sure you cut him Uh, that conversation happened i don't care if anyone wants to admit it or not um but obviously there's a vacancy there brian flores has got to be in the hot seat you know you don't go from 10 wins to to one and seven and expect there to at least not be a conversation. I think, I think there's a conversation. Um, and I know I'm in the minority, but I'm letting him play out the rest of his contract for the reason that you've got no assets given the next two, like you put yourself in this position, trying to get yourself out of it. We've been down, we've been down this road of hiring a rookie head coach, watching him play, watching the team play well for a year, watching them play bad for a year, firing the head coach, Getting a rookie head coach, watching them play well yeah. for it. Like, if you want to try and break the cycle, do something different. I don't believe that Brian Flores, the guy who took the team that everyone expected to win one game and won five with, and everyone expected to win five games and won ten with, and let's be honest, like was rightly talked about as a, a coach of the year candidate, suddenly forgot how to coach football. I don't think he I don't think he's forgotten how to coach football to a one and seven level. No. And if I want to break the cycle, do something different. There's a reason that all the head coach, the head coaches get two two cracks at the NFL. It's usually because they're fired too quickly after the first one. Yeah. Like the, the organizations that are good are the ones that that ride out some of these rough patches. Yes, this is worse than most. And like you say, conversations have to have happened. But the, the Dolphins also hit a part of their schedule now again, where you could easily string four or five wins together, and all of a sudden you. Well, I think this is. I think this. You, you cover up some 
perfect. And I think this this part of the schedule determines whether he gets a job next year. Yeah. Because do you know what? It's not even the fact that look, we talked about the roster. The roster's not great. But, but he is a defensive head coach. Yes. That defense, you've got the DB room. It's probably the best DB room in, in football. But the rest of that defense is horrific. And oh, it's yeah. not and it's not just talent. No, talent no, no. is one thing. But schematically, I'm sorry. I, I watched I watched the Dolphins against the Bucks, right? And I've never seen a team just lick their lips and think. I, I genuinely thought the Buccaneers were going to score every drive. And yeah, at one point, yeah, they, they were. I, I think it was only one drive. I think it was punished. two. Yeah. They didn't. But, I mean, they punted once in the entire game. Like, I just sit there and you think. And it was so easy. Like, it wasn't even. Like, I've never seen a team score points as easily as the Buccaneers did that afternoon where they just, they just sat there and they were like, we're just going to eat clock and we're just yeah, 15 yards here, yeah. 20 yards here. And literally Brady could just do whatever he wanted. It, it was like, in fact, he's probably had tougher scrimmages this year. And you sit there and you think you're a defensive coach who knows the quarterback. Like he knows the quarterback and you're sitting there thinking like, how are you not getting any play on the ball? Like, how are you not forcing at least Brady to throw on the run or throw it away or or pressuring the quarterback or or making a play in coverage or just even covering men. I like Antonio was, Brown just, he just could literally do what he wanted all afternoon. I mean like, like it just baffles me how you like go from being almost a number one defensive football yeah, last year. Like, to look this. at the Jags game. Look at like that Dolphins defense last year would not have lost that game. Like that not final even. drive was horrific. Yeah. It was horrific. It was poorly, but it's coaching. Like you can sit here and say that the, the players are bad. Yeah, I look at I look at the Lions, right? The Lions, that is the worst roster in football. Yeah. Top to bottom is the like I look at that room and think, I look at all the rooms on that team and think, hmm, what what parts of that offensive defense would I want to put on another team. There are probably two players on that roster yeah. who right now I think are probably worthy of getting on the other 31 teams. DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. That's probably it. And yet, yes, they're 0 and 8. Yes, okay, last week they got absolutely mullered by the <laughs> by they got absolutely mullered by the Eagles. But I looked at them against the Rams and I thought, well they're trying. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. like they they're are right. they are that bad, but schematically they caused problems. Yeah. They caused problems. Yes, the Rams won the game. Yes, it never really was overly in doubt. But they still, I I look at the coaching and think he coached that team to the best of its ability, and they yeah. still lost the game. That is that's when it's a talent problem. Yeah. When you can coach as good a game as you can coach. You can execute fake punts. You can execute onside kicks. You can execute screens and um, defensive mismatches and coverages like he was doing in that game. To You can coach as great a game as you can coach and still lose. That points to talent. When you can't coach, like you just look at mismatch every single way. I look at that Dolphins defense, and the only time I've been impressed with them was last week. Yeah, against the Bills. It was the only time. Which is the first time Brian Flores called the defense. And if that's what it is. Which is ridiculous because, yeah, just do it. Yeah. Just call the defense. Like, I understand that the, the irony being that with most 
young head coaches, it's the opposite problem. We want them to stop calling their side of the ball and hand it off to a coordinator. But this ain't working, Chief. So, no. so put someone else in. Like, do it yourself. Because last week, they caused the Bills problems. For three quarters, they it was a problem. They, sh- they should have been up 13-3 at the half. Yeah, they should. Um, Bills fans booing before the whole halftime. Like, it was, it was a, an impressive start. <laughs> but, but but again, comes the full quarter, back to playing off, giving space, Cole Beasley running around with no one anywhere near him. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's making some sort of protest to the GM, whether, he, whether he's not getting something he wants. It's like, here's what you could have. But at the same time, here's what you're getting. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bizarre situation. But with all, all the assets you've given up, all the players you've got under contract, I'm letting these two figure it out for another year. You put yourselves in this position. I've got, oh. you know, your only other option is to is to get rid of it, clear basically everything, get rid of any talent you've got, and then try and rebuild with less resources. You couldn't do it with all the resources, so I'm not sure how doing it with none is going to go anywhere. I mean, there's some coaches on on the hot seat, right? Brian Flores, yeah, yeah. David Cully at the Texans, and I don't think it's his fault. But, that, that was a dead man walking job in the but first yeah, place. Absolutely. Like, you're there because they had to field a head coach. Yeah. I think they're in a real bind. I don't know what they do going forward. Um, Urban Meyer with his indiscretions. I don't know. I get the feeling that if he continues to lose, he'll walk anyway. Yeah. Um, he'll make that easy. It'd be health concern. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'll blame it on stress. <laughs> uh, we talked about Vic Fangio and, and Pat Shermer. I think they're in real trouble. Um, obviously the Raiders' job is in play. Yeah. I don't. I think Dan Campbell, even if he goes zero and seventeen, probably keeps his job. Yeah, because they're playing to the best of their ability. Yeah, that's what you can ask. I mean, they didn't last week, but they—they've oh, definitely yeah. shown flashes. And like, they haven't got a quarterback, so like, they need to solve that problem. Um, I think they probably will with the number one pick, unless they want Thibodeau. Well. Do you go quarterback with the number one pick? I wouldn't this year. No, uh, yeah. Didn't work out so well when they picked Jericho. When the Rams no, picked well, yeah, mean, that's you, a, you know, anyway. a Rams problem, not a Lions problem. <laughs> I mean, you look at that draft class and you think that was bad. I think this one coming in could be worse. Um, Joe Judge, I think, probably survives. But I do think... It's warm. I do, I do think <laughs> Mr. Clappy Hands probably goes from the offensive coordinator position. I do think that... It's about time we got rid of Jason Garrett. Agreed. Um, I don't think you get rid of Ron Rivera. I don't think you can anyway with everything that's going on with the team. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if anyone deserves to lose a job, it's Matt Nagy. Um, he's going to get a beat and he won't. No. That's I, the I, weirdly, <laughs> I weirdly think he's going to keep his job another year. Um, Nick Sirianni... Might just win enough games to keep his job. I I really don't get why he was hired. I really don't get it. Um I look I look at all the, the hires that came in last year, right? David Cully, I I just don't think you could get anyone else, right? Yeah. At the Texans. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a unique situation. It's a unique situation. <laughs> I think you just get a guy who's like, Do you know what? I've been in this league 20, 30 years. I've earned a head coaching job. I'm just gonna take it because I'm not gonna get another one. And I, I can't get him for that. Um, Urban Meyer, I don't think it's going to pan out. 
Um, but I'm biased because I can't stand Evan Meyer. Um, Robert Salah, jury's out for me. I, I just think that defense is so bad. With all the investment it's had, it's yeah. still quite. They have days where it looks good, but yeah, I, I question that one uh, a little bit. Um, Dan Campbell, who I was weirdly against, I just didn't really like what he stood for. Actually, weirdly, has impressed me, um, despite being over eight, because I actually think he's got the stones. Uh, Arthur Smith, I do like as a coach. I think he's starting to make an impact at the Falcons. And now you've lost Ridley uh, for an indeterminate amount of time. That's going to be a tough, tough gig. Um, but, I mean, I think he does enough to get to get his job back yeah. next year, um, for sure. I think that's it for the new coaches now. I'm not missing anyone else, am I? Yeah, I don't think so. No, I think that's it for, for the new coaches. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Denver, I think Denver, there's going to be a change. I think Houston, there'll be a change. I think Jacksonville, there could be a change. Uh, Chicago, there, there needs to be a change, whether or not we get it. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Eagles, Nick Sirianni. I think Nick Sirianni is probably the worst hire of, of, of all the new hires. Oh, the Chargers, Brandon Staley. I think Brandon Staley's been good. Um, I just think he they need to do a little bit more on offense, but I think he's been pretty good. Um, As usual, be careful what you, you wish for. Yeah, true. <laughs> because, because everyone everyone wants the, the hot guy out there. Everyone will still want Eric Bieniemy for the fifth year in a row, and we'll still have to, <laughs> to explain why he's not got a job. You know, the new, new quarterback, new coach doesn't mean instant wins. No, it doesn't. Mm. It, it, sounds, it sounds good when you're losing, <coughs> but the following year when you're still losing... It's almost too obvious. You've been it? you've been quiet over there. I've just been taking it all in. Just been listening. <laughs> you guys have been waxing lyrical, so so look, I've been learning. It's obviously, if you're listening to the pod, it's been 500 episodes of this. Yep. I don't think everyone has been here since episode one. If it has, then <laughs> I think you... there's many people who have missed the. If you have listened since episode one, I salute you, sir. Yeah, I mean, thank you for the hundreds, if not thousands, of hours that you've spent listening to to us. I mean, thousands. There's a few gone over an hour. Maybe it's like seven hundred, I reckon. Yeah, maybe. Let's be some short ones. I don't know actually what it is. This one's clocking up towards the uh, total, though. Oh, yeah. What about so though? I I know the story, obviously, but yeah, you. For those that don't know, you started Five Yard. Italy were not part of this equation nope. when this started. So, look, why? First of all, why did you decide to start a podcast? And then, secondly, where did the name come from? Don't know. Well, so interestingly, we started talking about, we just started a podcast because it would be fun to talk about our league. That was it. We just we had a podcast basically for eight people. So who's we? So me and Sparky, and then everyone who's in my home league. Um, Pitsy and Tom are now in it. Steve's still in it. Is Max in it at the beginning? Yeah, Max was in it at the beginning. Josh was in it at the beginning. Stuart was in it at the beginning. Basically, family and friends, or just family of friends. And then me and Sparky decided to. Like he, we'd had no real NFL experience and we just started talking smack about the league. And that's where it went from, really. And it was just 
we went into a guitar guitar in Epsom, bought a little audio interface, which is now heading up north. Um, and then Amazon, <coughs> a couple of mics. In fact, we only had one mic at the beginning. It was one mic in the middle of the table. <laughs> there was one computer with a split screen. Sparky just used to read my notes and that was how it went. Um, and funnily enough, Pitsy and Rob, they do one for their home league at their work and stuff. And it's just a good excuse for them to trash talk everyone in their league. But that's that's not safe for work, that one. They don't, because no hoots are given on that one. It's not, <laughs> it's not a enterprising adventure like this one is. That's just a couple of mates talking whack. But And then Five Yard Rush, I think it came up because it was catchy. I think a three word title was always good. Mm. And I, I for so, it just hit me one day on a mower. It feels like a decent amount of yardage to get <laughs> on it. Just rang true and that was it. And then when I finished it off by saying, keep rushing, but afterwards Sparky gave me a whole load of stick because that was incredibly embarrassing. And here we are four or five years <laughs> later, still doing it every day. So it changed 199 episodes later. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, Sparky. Thanks it, for that. Yeah, mate. You, got, you called that one wrong, didn't you? Yeah. He called many things wrong, that boy. But <laughs> to be fair to him, he's chugging along at the moment. So, so how long was it between the first episodes of Five Yard? When you were talking about your league, and then yeah, but we didn't we didn't even start start beginning of the season. We started no. in week ten. <laughs> so, I think it was because there'd been a lot of chat in the Facebook message because at that time it was on Sleeper, but no one used the Sleeper thing like they still don't. It was on Facebook Messenger. And there was a lot of chat on there, and we thought, I can't remember whether I listened to a podcast and thought I could do that, or whether I just thought this podcasting stuff. Because when we started, there wasn't anyone else. And I said, no, that's not true. There was all the other big podcasts and stuff, but it wasn't like you can do now. Now you can just pick up your phone with Anchor and you can record using your, and it's done. Yeah. Whereas you had to upload it to Podbean, and it was a bit more in depth, and you couldn't edit it on your phone. You had to do it on a computer, and it wasn't. I'm not saying no, any Tom, Dick and Harry can podcast now, but, well, they can, but it, at the time, I'm not saying we was a pioneer because we've had <laughs> loads of people, but we were one of the early people, like, novice podcasters as it was, and we just thought this would be fun. It was a good excuse to get together as well. Like yeah. see your mate once a week and he used to come around for dinner and we'd have a beer, bring a suite of the week as well. We had a bowl that he yeah. that turned out to be an audio nightmare with one mic in the middle. So that, <laughs> that quickly got shelved and yeah, it just ran off from there really. And then I don't know. We may be, did you come in season two? Yeah. And so I think the first episodes got lost. There's the Super Bowl one and you did a few in the off season. Yeah. We didn't do many in the off season because there really wasn't much to talk about. And then Sparky started his own company or was starting his own company. Yeah. And you, we'd started talking. So the background is Stocks and I play in a, another home league together. Um, and we'd met at the draft, I think the year before, two years before, um, because year before. You, you, yeah, you were invited because you, Andre was your at the time. I was like, uh, brother in, it was not no, brother in law, yes, but no, it was we, weird... I was, I was dating Andre's partner's cousin. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I got. Which that obviously is not a thing anymore. Um, but then that's how you and Josh joined the league. 
Only Josh didn't come. Uh, Josh joined the year off. Oh, after. no, Sparky. It was you and Sparky, but Sparky didn't come to the draft, but you did. That was the year after. It was only me the first year. Was it only Yeah, it was only year? me the first year. Okay. And then we met at the pub. Yeah, because we drafted at the pub. We did a live draft. On the back of a fruit box. That's right. Off yep. the back of a fruit box um, with James and Rob, the assistant commish, um, put it together. I remember taking OBJ in that league. I got to the final. Yeah, you and did. got trounced by Lev Bell and Todd Gurley. That's right. Absolutely trounced. <laughs> I made the semis. I think I lost to Jack and then Jack. No, Rob. James. Oh, Rob. That's it. Yeah, Rob beat me in the final and then I've never got anywhere near since. That's it. And then, um, yeah, because I had Devontae. I took Devontae Adams in the third round that year when he went off. Steal. Yeah, absolutely steal. Um, I remember I remember actually, uh, who is it? I think, I think Jack took David Johnson that year. First overall. And did his wrist. And he, one. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Never been so same. then we met and then we were talking and I remember us talking over chat about the pod. And I remember being, I was working at the company at the time and I was in Copenhagen and we did a listener league. You did the five yard listener league draft and you invited me to that. I remember drafting. I did a listener league. There was enough people to do a listener league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a listener league because I did, I was in it and I was, I was drafting in my room in Copenhagen. I remember because I took James Connor with the last pick. Was that when Lev Bell held held out? Who else was in that league? Um, I think Max was in it. This is basically everybody from my home league. I think it was everyone from your home (laughs) league, add two. I think me and James McInnes were like the add two. Okay. So yeah, I'm, yeah, because McKinnis drafted drunk. Apparently, I was in yeah, I was in Copenhagen, so I was an hour ahead. It started late. It started like nine. I remember being tired. I was in a really crappy hotel that my company put me up in, and I was <laughs> bored and I had nothing better to do. Um, I remember it was that. good. Yeah, I think I won that league actually, um, with Probably. James Connor being my last pick. Um, that worked out well. And then yeah, I remember coming back, and then you messaged me saying like, "Can you?" come on the pod. Did you come on week one? Week one. Because then you you didn't come straight in after that, did you? You did week one. I did week one, and then you said to me, can I come back the following week? But I came to your flat the first week, and the second week I said, I can't come, because I remember this now, I had a food shop that was already booked in. We're hardcore here. We're hardcore. (laughs) And I couldn't, obviously I was at home and anyone at home, um, so I couldn't... uh, abandon the food shop so we did it and i did it over headphones on my phone i dialed it what did we record that on i don't even know we did it over phone or maybe it was over zoom or something i don't know zoom was not no, a thing it wasn't a zoom. Zoom, zoom was, was quite early on but no it wasn't a thing i can't remember how we did it um but anyway we did it um i reckon it... i don't I, I can't remember how we did it might have been Skype. It might have been Skype. It might have been Skype. Um, anyway, and then it yeah, it was a couple. And he had Jack Humphrey on after that. I think he did week four. Yeah, I think I, he had a week off, or he had a week in between. Maybe Sparky did the week. And then I remember doing an episode with you, me, and Sparky at your at your flat. Maybe. Yeah, I remember that in particular because where I made my great um, prediction about Mark Sanchez. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. I said we should get Mark Sanchez a team, and then he got signed by the Washington, then Redskins, now football team, <laughs> like weeks later. 
Good old PC. Worked. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it was round mid-season, just before mid-season, if I, Nick and I, Nick's now your brother-in-law, but he wasn't. He was, yes, because Nick was in between jobs. Yeah, he was in between jobs. So we started it here. And we had the round, round table round table in the yeah. middle over, over there. Um, this room, if you're watching, this room isn't that big. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a giant suite or anything. And then, um, so there was the four of us. Sparky pulled away first. Then, then Nick got a job. Then Nick got a job. And then... I mean, that makes, and... it sounds bad on Nick. Nick was just on gardening leave. <laughs> just... Yeah, he, he's kind of enjoying it, but then his job is quite full on. Um, and then and then it was just you and I. And then... That's how it stayed. We got our first guest, who was Luke Easterling. <laughs> I'll never forget that one. More than anything. Oh, that's because Luke Easterling of, of Bucks Wire and uh, USA Today, not only was he a really cool guy, but... We somehow managed to record it, and we lost all of our side of the audio. <laughs> Sounds about right. So we lost all the side. So we had his audio, but we didn't have ours. Did so we then re-record we ours? We were re-recorded. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. We ended up having to re-record <laughs> the entire audio on our side. Um, I think we did a great job. No one knew, but yeah, that's what happened. People weren't expecting the excellence they get now. No, no, no. It was coming in. And then... Um, then we, we hit a run of guests there at the end of that first season. Where we we had, had uh, Nat Coombs on and didn't record the pod. Yeah, that was Super Bowl week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had Nat Coombs in a great pod, about 30 minutes worth of brilliant content for Super Bowl that season. And it was great. And then, yeah, hadn't hit record because we were on Skype. So that was when Skype went in the bin forever. We, we stayed with... Um, the death of Skype. Yeah, it was the death of Skype. And we ended up just staying on Zoom. But we had Marcus Grant, and he recorded outside of... Sat outside NFL NFL, the old NFL headquarters, which is great. Um, With Bobby from Fantasy Pros, which, you know... Can't erase that from the history. He was a guest. Um, Peter Peer, was he early doors? Peter Peer was quite early doors. I think he was before the Super Bowl. He came on Super Bowl week. We uh, We had Andy Holloway. Andy Holloway was our 50th podcast guest i think he was big time i think i think he was yeah for our 50th episode or around about that time maybe it's 100 i don't know somewhere around there andy holloway came on he was like i will never forget when i told you that was blockbuster at yeah, the time i'll never forget i told you that andy holloway was coming on because you were like literally the most excited you'd ever been <laughs> i mean you finished you were like punching the air and everything i remember that so that was when thin. yeah that was when we did it here we did do that here. who uh, do we have on we had tags on. Yeah, we had tags on. Rest in peace, tags. That Rest was a great tags. pod. That was quite early on. That was early. And we had oh, we had uh, microwave tea man. Oh, JJ. Yeah, oh, JJ, JJ Zachary. 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 We've had on a few times since. But yeah, he uh, that was funny. The first time I roasted him for his tea habits because <laughs> he used to roast his tea in a microwave. He had upgraded now to a kettle, a full kettle. <laughs> Bless him. That was brilliant. Um, yeah, we had early ones with Pat Fitzmorris, who of course has been on half a dozen times since. We did get Nat back on. Jason uh, from the Ballers came on. He did episode 200. Um, so what you're saying is we should have really tried for Mike Wright for 300 and carried the street. Not going to lie, I tried. Mike. Um, I did try um, multiple times. He's the most elusive, apparently. He is the most elusive of the three. 
Um, we will make it happen. I will complete the set. Um, Thanos. I think, I think for me, I think back to some of the guests we've had. If you've not listened to them all, go back. There's a few, I say timeless, but I think you can go back and listen to. Um, Scott Hansen was incredible. I mean, that was one of the hardest to book because it wasn't, he agreed to do it very quickly. It was his agent who was really but his, tricky. It wasn't his name. Yeah, not his agent. It's uh, someone who works at NFL who I had to liaise with. And it was 21 emails backwards and forwards after agreed. I'd agreed with, with Scott to do it, um, which was fun. We got it. Um, and then when his agent came on, he came on the phone almost not knowing someone else. Hello? Is anyone else on the line? Yeah, that was that was so weird. Um, <laughs> I just got through. I had to send the I had to send the or like the questions we were going to ask and I mean and then we he did the app he did the read that you hear at the front of the podcast we still use uh, that wasn't a cameo job that people <laughs> have said uh, he genuinely was on the podcast you can and he didn't even practice he didn't practice um, we gave him the line he decided to modify it and do something uh, his own way and he nailed it because he's a pro um, consummate professional Michael. Lombardi might be one of the most mind-blowing half an hours. Yeah, it was odd. Well, it was just, I just thought it was, like, I learned so much. It from was it. brilliant. The weird thing about that was he got into the Zoom room before you did. Yeah. So I was just <laughs> chilling with Michael Lombardi <laughs> about his day. I was about which a was minute, odd. Yeah, I was about a minute and a half late or something like that. And you text me, he's like, Where are you? I was like, I'm just waiting, just literally waiting to log in the room. I'm uh, just here with Lombardi. Help me out. That was good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, loads of insight in that. It was a uh, really, really insightful pod. But, you know, like, I actually don't know who my favourite. It's a tough one. The thing is, we've done so many. Like, this is not being big header in it. We've yeah. done so many that some of them are just lost in my useless memory. And if I went back and looked over the list, I'd be like, good Lord, we had them on and... That's some of the specials as well, like the draft special, yeah. the Christmas special. I mean, we did a five-hour Super Bowl special this year. <laughs> well, it's four hours, 51 minutes. <laughs> four hours, 51 <laughs> That was not by design. It was supposed to be about half that. I no, mean, that I'll, always happens. I mean, do you remember, do you remember Erica Tamposi came on? And that isn't even who I booked. <laughs> yeah, no, because you, you wanted a hero, and they said no. No, 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 no. Because no, you, you booked Ryan, didn't you? I booked Ryan because he was a Chiefs fan and Ryan agreed to come on. Yeah. And no. he was like, yeah, I'd absolutely love to come on and talk about the Chiefs because it was Super Bowl week. Yeah. And the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl <laughs> in Miami. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, great. So Ryan agreed to come on and he was a wicked bloke. Lovely. He was like, yeah, of course I'll come on. And then he messaged me. He said, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Long story short, the NFL will not let me come on because I'm not on air talent. Yeah. So I cannot represent the NFL. On the on the pod, and he was like, "But I can get you Erica Zambosi," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I'm <laughs> done, yeah, deal." <laughs> so she came on, she and she was, was on, she was on like some, she wasn't on the boat in Miami, but she was definitely by like a harbor or something. But yeah, that was quite cool. That was good, that was good because she was putting put her cross, putting her point across that she wanted to be known for knowing football, not just for being the girl who produces yeah. the ATM pod, which is definitely happening like she's oh yeah she's been she's brilliant she smashed um, it 
We yeah. had we had the draft special where the guy from Kansas was it who called in and just oh they, had, they had <laughs> getting arrested with one tooth oh, somewhere. Oh, that yeah. that he's good work. You had to try we were trying to get him in. Oh my god, that was so bad. Uh, I can't remember that guy's name, but yeah, that was that was weird. Um, we recorded one in the pub watching Arsenal Tottenham with the with the with the fantasy fanboys. Yeah, yeah it's that bad, was when I had Aichi. That's it. You had H. Yeah, he we was asked oh, to win. Smash Tottenham four one. Yeah, that was great. Then we met this guy. And they were, what are you doing? Yeah, we're just recording a podcast. He did that. Go away. That's go part away. of the Christmas special. <laughs> Bad audio. We had we had one of my favorite moments was recording one of those Christmas specials, and um, we were on with Jack and Paul Brown from the Paul Brown Browns podcast, and then Jeff Reinbold <laughs> came in because he was early. He was in like some cafe or something. And then I turned around and said, oh, Jeff, you're like 20 minutes early. I said, we're just finishing this one up. Can, can you join on in like 20 minutes? And he was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, we should right, push Jeff Reinbold. And then, <laughs> and then Jack, Jack, Jack Duffin turns around and he goes, oh, yes, yeah, so you, uh, wait, you just pushed Jeff Reinbold for us. I was like, well, yeah, you're on. We have a schedule and we're sticking to it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we really did push Jeff Reinbold for Jack Duffin and Paul Brown. Well, I pushed... Matt Waldman, I was in a Zoom, a random Zoom call with Tom running through SEO stuff, and Matt Waldman jumped in. <laughs> he was like, I'm here for the pod. Like, no, you were you were a week early, Matt. Oh my god. He was, he was like, I'm really sorry. And then Tom said, Who's that? I said, oh, it's Matt Waldman. Tom just broke, almost had like a star moment where he said, That was Matt Waldman, and I didn't know. I like, yeah, it's just Matt. We're just chilling. And he left. He was like, Okay, see you next week. <laughs> just left. Oh, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because we had him on and he was brilliant. That was a great pod. I learned so much in that one. Chris Harris was good. You missed that one. I was, yeah, I was ill. Chris Harris, so was Chris good. Harris. I was gutted to miss that. That one really hurts. That was a fight. That one to get that. But no, it was great. It was just the time. It was just like a while to rent. Like he agreed to do it. It was just yeah, about a certain right. time frame of getting it right. But he was, he was terrific. Um, and we made some great friends. Like I, I think of some of the people whose content I've listened to for years, and now. Like to be friends with like Joe Peace Appear. Like, yeah. I, I I think of Joe and like it's amazing how someone who just comes on, he just loves what he does, he comes on whenever, and now he like is such a big fan of our podcast, he puts us on his podcasts. Which and is it, meant. And it's it started off with being like um the Blackbird podcast, which was not a bad sized podcast, don't get me wrong. And then he put me on TV uh, <laughs> at Sports Grid, and he spelt my name wrong. And I was like, "You spelt my name wrong on television." Cheers, but it was good. And then he brought me on the Fancy Pros podcast before the season started, which was just um. But like my my DMs after that literally blew up, like it went mental. Still spelt my name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe, it's only been four years. Maybe that's his joke. Yeah, maybe it is now, but that was funny. Um, he actually wanted me to be on next week, but I'm moving, um, so I couldn't do it. But so not only Jeff Weinbold pushing fantasy pros now, <laughs> big time. Whatever. Um, Justin Boone's a really good friend I speak to. Pat that's Morris, they're kind of the big ones who I speak to quite regularly. Again, people who's content for for years and just from doing this thing without. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing just... the, the, the people you meet, but also just the, the just. The audience, like my messages now a day 
from people who I've met just from doing this. Like, I think of the Patreons who we connect with every day on, on WhatsApp to um, the guys I play with, like BFFL, and that's daily WhatsApp chat to um, guys I play with in leagues all over the world who I talk to. Got some really like unbelievable friends I've met through doing this. Um, speaking Nat Coons, like Nat Coons puts me on the radio, yeah. <laughs> like madness. Calls me, yeah. Do you want to, uh, you know, Bucks Super Bowl preview? Do you, yeah. Be shady, you want to come on and, and talk Bucks for 10 minutes? I was like, all right. <laughs> so that was so it's unreal, really, isn't it? It's crazy what this just the fact that it started off in your flat and it was, yeah, just you and Sparky. And now we're 500 episodes in. And <laughs> what's the mad thing for me is like, we had Andy Holloway on, that was fantastic, you know career moment for a little British fantasy podcast to speak to at the time probably one of the three owners of the biggest fantasy podcast in the world and then you then not only do you have a podcast where you're chatting with your mate but then you have people who then not work for you but we have this five-year-old family now where we have a podcast every day of the week you know we used to think two podcasts a week was big time Mm. we used to crunch out our pod and then a guest pod in one night. Yeah, we did. Tuesdays, wham, bam, thank you, They man. were the best days. I tell you, I, I and, do miss those days. And now, it's a completely different beast. It's not the same thing. It's it's nowhere yeah. near the same. It's not even in the same, it's not the same library. They're two yeah. different books now. Yeah and, yeah. and, you know, the DFS, the IDP, the college, Five Yard, definitely missing one. Dynasty. There we go. Sorry, Rich. Um, but yeah, just the whole thing, to have all these different things associated with one thing, and everybody's doing it for the brand, which, as you said, was made in a kitchen. It's chopped up on a board. Yeah. It's crazy. We've written two Amazon bestsellers. Yeah, double Amazon bestsellers. It's crazy. Like, you just sit there. And it sounds like we're kind of tooting our horn, but we're just going through that process of, and I guess it's inspiration to anybody to who wants to start a podcast or... Do anything. It doesn't it has it relevant of what it is. If you want to do something, just go and do it. Like there's enough avenues out there to just go and do stuff now. Yeah. You don't have to be all published. You don't have to put it through an editor. I mean, go read our books. There's spelling, like, it doesn't matter how many times you read through it. There's spelling mistakes. There's double spaces. There's stuff out of line. <laughs> you can publish it. <laughs> Even after stirring it for hours. Exactly. And hours. Exactly. And hours. You know, the work we put into the books is phenomenal. And then nobody can, you don't have to have anybody authenticate it you just put it into amazon and they say yeah it's fine and it's madness just have live shows you know you have a thousand people watch you do a live show crazy yeah like it's just mind boggles the mind as to what you can achieve when you want to do something really yeah i don't 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 get it anymore like it's just it's crazy but it's been a heck of a, a heck of a process and I love it. I the biggest regret is just not doing the pod with you every day. Like I'm having great fun with Dan on the, the shout out Dan the pod. Um, he's done a great job. But yeah, I do. I do miss not. I there's part of me that's a bit nostalgic about the the old days a little bit. We did two pods in one night here. Definitely going to miss recording live. And that it's it's not the same recording remote. I'm used to it now. Like it's fine, but. 
Not the same. It's not the same. We had some great nights in here, the three of us, and and, and we did with two of us. Yeah, and yeah, it isn't the same. We definitely had some unbelievable nights in here, like um, just the stories we tell and and the get-togethers that you know. Um, I I mean, I still think one of my favourite times was you turned up, um, and Antonio turned up, and we had. No, did Antonio no. turn up when we had the Ice to Kicker yeah, Boys yeah. here? So we had the Ice to Kicker Boys here. Antonio turned up again, didn't he? Was yeah. He, yeah, he was here once with you. Yeah. Here. That's where I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah, because he bought that with him. Yeah. The first time he came was we had the Ice to Kicker Boys. We'd never met him. We said, well, why don't you come to the studio? Yeah, that was it. And I picked up, I picked them up from the station. You picked them up from the station. But I picked all three of you yeah, up. Yeah, you picked all three of us up. Yeah, Tom um, and Charlie jumped in the back. Don't know these guys from Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they turned up. We ended up churning out. We talked for so long. We recorded four episodes worth of content. Yeah, that's bad. Because we limit. We just kept cutting it off and then just starting a new episode. Um, we did three or four episodes of content, and then yeah, and then Antonio was here because I don't know what had happened, but he agreed to drop something. I don't know. How. Well, we we were in his league, weren't we? We joined his Eliminator League, won it, and he was probably our biggest fan at the time. Like he was always messaging, uh, messaging and, and commenting and everything like that. But that was the second time he dropped off the trophy because you were here and he was in his London Monarchs jacket. It wasn't me. It's not. No. Because he came. No, he came... Yeah, I can't remember. First time he came in his Heathrow body armor. That's right. Because he went to the cross. Yeah. Antonio, if you still listen, does he still listen? Do you know if he's. Been I don't listening? know. He moved to Poland. I think he's come back. I think he's now moving to Scotland. I don't know. Well, Antonio, shout out to you. And if you are listening, let us know when you came and what happened on both times. Because I'm sure I know, know. know we've got the trophy that's here on, on the desk here. It was, yep. We won this league. and Yeah, it's a weird trophy, but it's awesome. He bought this for me. I think when Miley was born, it was a present for him, actually. <laughs> um, with Bucks, old school division ball. Um, yeah. What, 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 what a journey. It's been great, and like here's to 500 more, and hopefully we'll do a couple more live. Um, they'll be a bit more rare, but we will try. And <laughs> you do... say that, but this is oh, the first one for two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be about on the same frequency as what we've done. <laughs> Pencil it in. Fireworks night. Two yeah. years time. Yeah, quite but... I don't know what it will be. Hey no. man, no, it's been good. It's been good. It's been good to get back in here. Like it's been great. Smash that champagne bottle one more time before you relocate. Yeah. No, I can't good. imagine anyone's watching live now. It's gone like 10 p.m. We, we just somebody we've had someone the whole time. Really? We said one, at least one the whole time. It's never. It's and just that doesn't gone, count the Twitter viewers. That's just the people who are on the other things. We mm. it's just gone to zero. Yeah. But that's fair. It's 20 past 10 on a Friday. Keep going, man. And that then I, I'm gonna call it, boys. That'll do it. That'll do it for show 500 or 488. If you're watching, you're not watching. But if you did watch, thanks very much. We appreciate it. He's been Lee. He's been Murph. I'm Stocks. And as always, don't forget, keep on rushing.
HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 